Around Comics, Episode 16. From Chicago, this is Around Comics, a weekly roundtable discussing topics in and around the world of comics. I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime and the producer of the show, Brian Salazar. Good afternoon, everyone. And making the trip all the way from Racine, Wisconsin today is our manga man in the know. He is Matt Summer. Oh, don't hit, don't pigeonhole me there, Chris. I'm an expert in everything. Comic field. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, how's, how's it going? Very good. And uh, the manager of Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, he is big, he is bad, he is Mark Beatty. Hey, guys. Well, we'd like to lo- welcome everyone to the show. We are recording live from Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles today because it is free comic book day. And <laughs> that is what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, Mark, you are the manager here at Dark Tower, and this is the sixth year that Free Comic Book Day has been uh, been in effect. What is the effect of Free Comic Book Day on Dark Tower? Uh, minimal, actually. Um, it seems like stores in Chicago don't get affected as much as stores that are uh, in the burbs uh, or in rural areas. Just because there's so many comic stores in Chicago. Sure. Do you guys do anything special for Free Comic Book Day besides, you know, just basically putting a poster up in the up in the window? No, just uh, basically promote it all week long. Talk to people and you know, during the month, mention it to people that we're having the Free Comic Day coming up. Um, just push it a little bit more than you would a normal uh, normal, normal Saturday. Week. Yeah, normal Saturday. <laughs> exactly. Hey, it's Saturday. Come on in. Oh, well, we know it's it's, uh, it's a little bit after twelve here on Saturday, and I've noticed that there's been not a steady stream of people, but there's always been at least someone in the store checking out the free comic books. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I think I, I see your point in that in like rural towns or out in the suburbs of larger cities, it's probably a little bit bigger deal. I mean, there are you know literally what probably fifteen twenty comic shops in Chicago that are really spreading that out. Yeah, three within a mile of here, so actually four within a mile and a half, I think total. Well, Chris, I know that um, this may seem hard to believe, but uh, for those people that don't know, what is Free Comic Book Day, and how does it work? Well, uh, one place that you can go to get the uh, the skinny on everything is www.freecomicbookday.com, and they give a brief history of what Free Comic Book Day is and how they've run it for the last six years. They give a pretty comprehensive list of all the books that they give out on Free Comic Book Day. Uh, but I'll throw it back over to Mark. Uh, how do you prepare for Free Comic Book Day? Uh, we order the books months in advance. Uh, that's basically it. Like I said, we just tell people things are coming in for the posters that they when they finally send us posters and promo stuff, put those up on the doors and uh, windows. Um, and that's that's basically it. And then just on Saturday, get here a little early and set up. Now, from a retailer's a retailer's side of it, how does it work as far as you getting the comics? Are you getting them at a discounted price? Or are you getting them free from the 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 publishers? How does that work? We get them at a discounted rate. Um, they're usually anywhere between about twenty five and up to I think I saw forty and fifty cents on some. And this year there was an abnormal amount of of free comic book day comics. Um, I, I swear there had to be a hundred different titles. Why do you think that is? Uh, just, I think just a lot of smaller companies are looking to promote their books uh, to get them out there. Um, it's a lot of the independents that are, you know, it's, uh, 
where most of the time during the year they're going to have no shot at getting a book into a comic store. Exactly. But on free comic book day, the, the shops have little skin in the game, so this is their chance. That's that's exactly right. Well, exactly. Uh, I think that's the biggest hurdle, right, for independent comics, getting people actually know they exist. Sure. And, you know, buying the latest Marvel is a way easier choice than buying this new weird book that you've never seen before. So I guess you take the hit, give out the free book, hope that you can. Basically, yeah. That's, uh, I mean, it's a sales tool for us, too, because you pick a few up here and there, and they're, maybe they'll like them enough to come back when the book actually starts coming out regularly. Um, but, yeah, that's just a, it's a sales tool for independent comics. It's well, a good, good what, idea for them. What, just, I, what I've seen is that a lot of the smaller companies are putting anthologies together. So you come yes. in, you get that as a free comic book, and, oh, my gosh, it is a young girl that has just walked into a comic shop. <laughs> just just a, a girl and in she's a comic picking, shop. And she's no. picking up and free she's comics. Picking up comics. That's I, I don't know why because they're we're gonna have to take a break. We'll be right back. Be very very quiet. Don't scare her away. Don't scare her. But I, I do see I do see a lot of a lot of the anthologies where did, did Boom do an anthology? I, I I forget you know out of the piles of free comics what came out there. But uh, I know Emily Edison was one that that was mentioned in an anthology that we did a story on. And so you're getting four or five six mm-hmm. different books in in With little three three page four page stories in them. Yeah, which is a great idea, uh, especially you know for for the kind of like prospector. You know. It's a great idea, but I think you know one of the big flaws of of free comic book day is that it's it's sort of left up to the retailers, and they're not giving other than giving them a discount on the books and maybe some posters or shirts or whatever else. There's not a whole lot of incentive to do much more because the marketing on free comic book day is. It follows it marketed to comic book fans. Exactly. Marketed to people that are coming to the stores anyway. Although t- this year it seems like it, it, I did notice a lot more mainstream press picking up the story that free comic book, this was free comic book day. I did see that in a lot of smaller newspaper articles and that kind of thing on, especially on the internet that today was free comic book day and go into your store, you know, find your local comic shop. So I think they're trying to build that, but but once again, it sort of follows that that flaw that they're marketing to the core people that already buy the comics, sure. and yet the comics that are coming out, most of them, are not really geared towards those people. They're geared towards kids. I mean, if you look at most of the comics that are coming out, you know, they're they're not geared towards the people they're marketing to. Well, so I, I, I just like I just happen to have a stack of free comic books here, and we'll we'll go through what. Uh, what Dark Tower has out today, they have uh, Worlds of Aspen. That's the Michael Turner book. Sal just grabbed it from me. He's like, ooh, pretty sure <laughs> there's a cover. Can't, can't get that from your online service, can you? <laughs> they sent me free comics. <laughs> Not this one, but... We have uh, Slave Labor Stories is uh, is another one. Here's Looks like some Evan Darkin goodness. Let me take a look at that. LSG. Uh, we have a Star Wars uh, free comic from it's just a great sentence. Evan Darkness goodness. That's <laughs> say that five times fast. Yeah. yeah, this is like uh, man. And you win a free comic. I haven't seen Bill and Ted comics since Marvel stopped publishing those. I don't there, know when there's a reason for that. We've got the Image Comics oh, yeah. Summer Special with Invincible and Ooh Spawn, uh, Savage Dragon, and Witchblade on the cover. Uh, you know, and I think that was part of the problem initially when Free Comic Book Day, and not you know, it's not to their fault. It's but a lot of the comics that came out were of low quality, of sort of throw-in issues or, you know, stuff that nobody would normally ever really read anyway. But I think the publishers are starting to realize that it is a possibility to get people involved more. And 
they're they're coming out with better quality stuff. Hey, X Men Runaways, you know, once again, that's a book geared towards whom? Well, it's it's geared towards us. You know, we we know who <coughs> Runaways are and X Men, but that's not a throwaway book. I'm actually really looking forward to reading that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you're seeing better quality stuff come out of Free Comic Book Day. Well, not yeah, all of it, but Spider Man. We've got a, a Simpsons Free Comic. We've got Beast Wars: The Gathering. So Dave Wachter will be happy about that. He's a Beast Wars fan. Another Transformers. So those are coming out from IDW. Uh, Justice League Unlimited. Uh, Duel Masters from DW. Wow, this is kind of interesting. This Duel to the Death with Vulture. This uh, Spider Man, Marvel Age Spider Man Free Comic Book Day is. Plot by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Oh, well, the the Marvel Age line, I don't know if you've ever picked those up, but those are um, the redrawings of the old the original old, okay. stories That's to kind of modernize them up. And is, now, is that a new book or is that a reprint? That's a, that's, that is a, well, it's a reprint. They're always reprints. Um, but that's, I think that one's actually from last year. Okay. <laughs> there was a few thrown in there from last year. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Um, but, you know, overall, I think you look at, you know, some of the quality of this stuff, and it's certainly better. But once again, I think a lot of it is geared towards kids, which is great. If you can get the word out to parents that don't, maybe don't normally come to a comic shop, that you can come to your local comic shop and your kid can get a stack full of free comics. I don't know if that's happening or not. I don't know if, if people are aware of it. You know, the retailers can only do so much. I mean, they don't have the... You know, the dollars to go out and put well, huge ads out or anything Mark, like that. Well, you know, speaking of ads, Mark, as a as uh, an LCS manager, you guys don't have a tremendous amount of money to dump into advertising. You know, no, newspaper no, advertising is not cheap. Is this a chance for Diamond to kind of put their money where their mouth is and and buck up some advertising or at least co-op dollars for for comic shops to say, hey, let's get. You know, at least a third-page ad in you know a newspaper the day before Free Comic Book Day, or does Diamond even you know care about this? They, like I, I was saying before the show, we were talking is that they their advertising matters on how many you buy. They'll yeah, but who are they advertising to? Um, what what advertising do they do they offer? They've had advertising in all kinds of. Uh, if there's been news on uh, Free Comic Book Day having. Uh, Different magazines, different papers, on uh, different news services, things like that. Okay, that so it is stuff out. outside they're, they're of pushing, the yeah, they're, they're, they're promoting it. Okay. Um, but I don't know how well it works or how targeted the marketing is, really. So yeah. it's hard yeah. to say. I mean, we don't see too much. Because uh, I, I look at that as, since Diamond is kind of like the distributor, I see that the onus is on them for the advertising, even more so than maybe the publishers. You know, I'd love to see Marvel run a, you know, come check out the mm-hmm. you know, new adventures of Spider-Man on Free Comic Book Day. But, you know, let's you know, be serious. They're not going to do that, and I think it's really on Diamond to do that. So I'm calling you out, Diamond. I think part of the problem is that... Um, you know, it's the same as it always has been, that the people that, all the onus is always dumped on the people who can least afford it. So, Diamond doesn't advertise, Marvel and DC don't advertise, so it's up to the shop to advertise, and they're the ones that don't really have the money to advertise in a huge way, or or get, uh, you know, get this out there, other than grassroots kind of stuff, I guess. Um, I heard stories, and I don't know about Mark's experience, but... Um, I've heard people say that um, basically you get out of it kind of what you can put into it. If you really want to bust your ass and go out there and like contact all the papers, make a huge do all this stuff, then you can probably you know make that happen. 
whether or not that's worth the effort, or I don't know, you know. Well, I mean, it brings a, a point I, I wanted to bring. You know, you see other shops, you know, in different parts of the country, and, you know, there's there's different things that they're doing, whether it's signings, whether it's, you know, Bendis going to his local comic shop and working with counter, whether it's barbecues, that kind of thing. But once again, it, it is, it's a huge, you can make a huge investment into it and hope it pays off, but in reality, you know, how much are you going to, Going to be able to get out. What's of your it? return on that? Yeah, what, yeah. you know, it's well, a lot returns. of people you're drawing in are people that don't normally buy comics, and truth be told, you probably won't see them again till next year. Yeah, um, and that's the sad part. Well, you're, you you're you not, told me a story. There was a store down in Florida that was doing a huge. They're event. doing a huge thing. They have signings. It's but they're dealing with the CGC. It was like uh, the official CGC. Yeah, because that's where CGC's main main location is in is in Florida, and it's some store down there that they're working with, and they're having a huge thing going on with them. To, to promote free comic book day. So I don't know if it, it was them doing it mostly or if it was the comic book store. I'm assuming it was CGC kind of, you know, contacting well, their area store. I mean, that almost makes sense because they're, they're you know, selling comics for $40, 50 60 $100, $200, $500. <laughs> Those ain't free comic books, baby. Well, you know what I mean? But Aroundcomics.com, your source for discussion, news, and reviews about your favorite comics and creators. New podcasts available every Monday. Go to www.aroundcomics.com. You know, I just like, to, I'm just really curious into seeing how this actually does translate. You know, does this statistically actually have any kind of impact on new readership or or not? Because if, if all you're doing is giving freebies to the same old people that are coming into your shop anyway, um, then that's a whole different thing. I mean, that's, that's I guess, what the independent comics are, are trying to do is to hit that pre-existing comic audience well, I mean, with a free book. That, yeah. That's any marketing um, event or any marketing promotion that you do. You have to have some sort of drawback into the store. So, you know, one thing I don't see with Free Comic Book Day is a customer card. You know, it's like, here, you know, have some free comic books, but fill out this customer card, give us your email address, and we will send you an email whenever we have sales, specials, signings, etc. So taking advantage of any traffic you may bring in and, and yeah. trying to maximize any results from that. If if you're not going to turn them into a, a weekly customer, at least try and gain you know their information so that you can go back and try and market to them again. That's it's, and it's, it's sell their name to a mailing list. Well, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not. But but from a store but from a store standpoint, Mark, I mean, I, I can see you guys next year having customer cards where it's like, hey, take these, fill this out, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, if you don't want to, that's fine, but, you know, give us your email, and we'll send you, you know, emails whenever we have great sales, or we'll alert you to next year's free We're, we're working day. on that kind of stuff, it's yeah. just... But no, I, I don't see that in any store. That'll be $7,500 consultation fee <laughs> around Comics Marketing Company. TM, 2006. <laughs> so, um, so, have you have you gone to a free comic book day before? I, I've been to a, a couple in the past. I didn't. I don't know that I did last year because um, I just don't generally go to the comic shop on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I'm usually there on Wednesdays. Although I don't go to one at all really much anymore. Um, yeah, because I'm one of those <laughs> dreaded internet, you know, buying few. But um, don't throw anything anymore. I, back off, back off, big boy. I, I haven't. I, I've been to them before, and they're all sort of the same. I mean, it's you are getting some people in the door that are coming to pick this stuff up, and hopefully picking up other stuff. But 
you know, I don't know that it's it's um, for us the 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 hardened comic book fan. I don't know if the draw is there. Yeah, most of the stuff that's out, it's not like I'm you know real excited to get my hands on and, and read anyway. I mean, the free comics, so if there's something other, you know, good, but I don't know that I'd make a special trip. Yeah, I mean, some shops, uh, I don't know, you know, it depends on, I guess, the shop and the policy and everything, whether or not you can just go in there and start grabbing stuff, or, you know, if you get one or two, because, you know, let's face it, comic fans are pretty cheap bastards a lot of times. <laughs> we'll take whatever freebies we can get. I mean, you've... I'm not you've, saying anything. You've been to Chicago, you know, you've been to the, the Comic Wizard World Chicago. You've seen people scramble for swag. So, um, you know... I could say, is before I ran a comic book store, I uh, never really went in for a free comic book day. It just didn't excite me that much. You know, I didn't aim in to get here on that, that special day to pick up that special book. Just didn't excite me that much. Uh, well, some of the forum posts that we uh, that we had were actually kind of interesting. I'm going to have uh, Sal read some of those here in, in just a second. But that seemed to be the the common theme going through a lot of them was I've never been to Free Comic Book Day, but it sounds really cool. So uh, what what are some of the some of the forum posts that we have? Uh, from David, it says I've never been at any shop on Free Comic Book Day. I think it's a great idea. I know the retailers still have to purchase the books they are giving away, which already starts it at a loss. Hopefully, it does generate sales on that day and days after. It'd be nice if the publishers, DC, offered something decent, however, and why just one title? I'd love to hear what others do on that day as far as helping the comics community. So, yeah, I mean, you know, he does make a point. It's 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 only going to be as successful as the publishers and the retailers get behind it. And the retailers, you know, like Matt said, it, it, they're the least able bodies to do anything on this day, you know, to really, you know, promote it. So, You know what? The other thing is, why doesn't Marvel and DC have more than one book? Well, why should they, you know? As, it depends on what their, their opinions are. You know, if, if their aim is to attract new readers then maybe they should have more products. But if their aim, you know, they're already king of the heap in the small little world that we have here. So, you know, I guess What's to the point? Well, it, I mean, they seem to try and get behind it to a certain degree, but, you know, it, it still amazes me how little that those publishers do. Well, I don't think that if Marvel and DC promoted more, put more books out, printed more books for free comic book day, would it... Would it Bring more customers in. I don't know, but it would overshadow all the independent books yeah. that come out, though. Well, think of everybody it. would come and want just those books. They wouldn't want the Ooh, slave okay. labor. They're not going to want that. They're going to want Superman and Batman and and the X Men and Spider Man and whatever else they're going to put yeah, out. Yeah, but if if Marvel or DC you know decided to take and print something that wasn't a reprint, wasn't you know was a top level you know writer and artist and was an exclusive that you could only get on free comic books. Well, X Men Runaways. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that's a, a you know it's that, close. That, that, it's well, not a top writer or artist though. I mean, if Brian K. Vaughan, come on, it's got Wolverine, it's got yeah, Brian K. Vaughan, and Scotty it's Young, a guy who's you know who's well, an up and coming artist, but not like, necessarily. Who I, not, who I dislike. I just like <laughs> well, but he's you know, him. I mean yeah, certainly Brian I K. Vaughan, like but so to each his own. <laughs> You're a St. Louis fan too. There's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> but it's not exactly what I you know. What I'm, I'm, I'm saying. Okay, our next post is from Darth Kramer. <clears throat> Matt says, uh, I've never gone to a, a free comic book day either, as the way I see it, it's not intended for me. They've got no reason to try to win me over with free books since I'm already buying a lot. But this year I'm looking forward to going to get the Viper Comics preview as I'm a fan of Dead at 17 and looking forward to the new ongoing. There are a few books I'm looking to pick up, so I'll get those when I go in. 
Yeah, that's that's the anthology I was thinking. That's one with Emily Addison and then the Dead of Seventeen. Yeah, that's not that's not Boom. I'm not sure if Boom did anything or not. I didn't see anything come out from them for free comic book day. They may have, but I I didn't see it anywhere. Yeah, Matt has uh, a couple posts from our forum at uh, Comic Geek Speak. Make sure to check us out there if you have a chance. Okay, this one's from our buddy the Pamp, hey. local Chicago guy. Pamp may be joining us a little bit later, by the way. Um, he says every free comic book day I've experienced has been a good one. Usually hit three to five shops in the span of the day and get as many comics as possible. <laughs> you cheap bastard. Uh, the, the nice thing is that most shops set a limit, but when it starts to slow down, they let you take one of everything. One year I walked away with something somewhere in the range of 30 free comics. Not bad. Uh, he says good shops will also supplement the free comics with cheap comics. One year I went to a shop for free comics and they had a table next to it with some current 50 cent and dollar comics. I really made it like a bandit that day. So uh, there's an idea. Yeah. Tying that in with uh, some kind of sale or promotion or something. Well, here at Dark Tower, they've got you know, all their dollar comics, and the free comics are right there. So and we have a hell of a selection of dollar comics. A huge selection. <laughs> that, that is true. This that, episode of Around Comics is sponsored by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally editorially independent. Well, it's it's certainly. Um, I think it does give you an opportunity to maybe become creative as a retailer and try and, you know, I mean, I think as a retailer that has to be your goal is any any traffic you get in the store on this day, you're trying to convert them into not just picking up free comics, but also, you know, looking around the store and buying something else and coming back to the store. So it, it's, it's a small little thing that is good for the industry, but it's only going to be as good as the retailers and the publishers decide to make it. Sure. Uh, anything else from the Around Comics forum there, Sal? Uh, yes, this one is from I Am Sci-Fi. That's uh, uh, Ian Levenstein Ian from, uh, from Geekspeed. He said, uh, Free Comic Book Day does something that is incredibly difficult to do on other days of the year. It brings the cheapskates in. No, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it just as I said it. Parents who would normally not bring their kids to a comic book store because it costs too much money will bring them to Free Comic Book Day because it is, quite simply, free. Then from there, a child may find a book that they are interested in and then start their path towards collecting on a regular basis. For the already established fan, it can give an opportunity to find books from publishers and creators alike we have never seen before, while at the same time increasing our knowledge on characters we may already know. For instance, X-Men Runaways was a great idea by Marvel and should do just that for the Runaways crew. So all, all in all, it's a great idea and something I'm looking quite forward to come Saturday. Mark, do you see um, parents bring kids in for free comic book day that you normally don't see in the store? Um, once in a while. We saw one recently. Actually, a actually, ago, two, we actually yeah, two. Yeah. I wish, wish they um, hadn't left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to talk, talk to them. But, you little yeah. girl, come over here. <laughs> Get in the van. Um, <laughs> How much for that girl? Yeah, I mean, you, you do see you see those people come in with their kids, but it's just literally to get them a free book and, and tribute. They usually don't come back. And that's the sad part. I mean, there's a whole, like I said, there's there's a whole line of comics from Marvel that, you know, is aimed at kids and, and uh, parents. I think parents just hear what they hear nowadays about comics and it's all adult fare and don't think that they still produce books for kids, so they just don't bring them in as they, like they used to. Listen to Around Comics, new every Monday, and now with all new and improved bumpers between segments. The anticipation is killing you, isn't it? Okay, we've actually found some young um, comic book fans that have made it into the store for free comic book day. Uh, guys, uh, tell me your name and how old you are. I'm Coleman. I'm nine. I'm Seamus. I'm seven. All right, guys. Uh, so you came here for free comic book day today? Yep. Yep. Have you found anything that you liked or looked cool? Uh, we're still looking. Still, still checking out? Do you read comics right now? 
Yeah, the whole box. Really? What, what do you guys like to read? I don't know. Star just, Wars. He, he likes Star Wars. Superman. I just, I would read anything. Well, what's in that big box that you got, the comics? Uh, I have a lot of Superman, Batman. I have, what else do I have? Oh, yeah, my Indiana Jones comic book. God, it sounds like me when I was his age. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you guys get into comics? How'd you start reading comics? Why? Did uh, did your friends read comics, or did mom and dad introduce you to comics? How did you? How did I don't know. I don't remember much. <laughs> <laughs> uncle Matt yeah, got you into comics. Uncle. Yeah. Bringing all those good Spider-Man and that kind of stuff, huh? Uh huh. Yeah. So, is your your mom and dad brought you here today? Yeah, yeah. kind of. Did, did you make them? Did you? <laughs> Twist their arm. <laughs> Say we gotta go to free comic book day, pick up some free comics. Yep. How'd you how'd you guys know it was free comic book day? Um, Uncle, Our Uncle, Uncle Matt. Matt. Uncle Matt. We gotta meet Uncle yeah, Matt. This Uncle guy Matt's sounds cool. Sure Uncle Matt has been here. <laughs> Everybody needs an Uncle Matt in their life. So <laughs> Absolutely. That, that is awesome. So your mom, right? I'm mom. Okay, well and what's your name? My name's Paula Messberger. Her name's Mom. Mom. <laughs> and uh, uh, do you like your kids reading comic books? Uh, not all comic books. No, okay. <laughs> so, so do you do you make sure that you look through what they what they bring home or what Uncle Matt drops off yes. for them? Okay. We, we try to. Yeah. We steer them away from yes. Yeah, we steer them away from certain shelves in the comic book stores. Sure, sure. What what do you what do you like about comics for them to read? What do you look for whenever you're uh, whenever you're looking through their books? Um. Well, we don't like the bad words and books <laughs> or the bad pictures, but you know, most of the comic books they have are good stories that they like to read. Awesome. So it kind of promotes reading. I guess. As long as they're reading something, yes. right? Yes. Exactly. Do you guys go to uh, like comic book movies, like like Spider Man and the X Men movies? That kind of. Do you guys, you know, does that you know try and get you to read comics, or do you just like them for the movies? We just, I just like to read them a lot. Okay. That's awesome. Well, you guys, you get back to uh, to picking out some of those great uh, free comics and. Um, Thank you. We it, it it just makes us really happy to uh, to see guys your age in the stores and, and doing this. So so thank you very much. You're welcome. And thank you, mom, for for bringing them out today. No problem. They brought us here. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. All right. So real real life young comic book fans. That was that was pretty cool to see. Uh, species. We yeah. have found them in the wild. Yeah, really. No, this as, is like as, a Discovery as Mark, Channel. As Mark would say, you can't find that online. <clears throat> Gosh darn right. <laughs> You're listening to Around Comics. You can even listen naked, and no one would ever know. But seriously, I wouldn't go around telling people about that, because it's pretty freaking weird. All right, this uh, next question is from Mark. There's a uh, trial going on right now in Georgia. It's the Gordon Lee trial. We've talked about it a little bit on the show. And basically the scenario was a uh, kid and his mom come into a comic shop. The kid picks up a comic, and it's a one of the free comic book day lineup takes it home. It's got a, uh, a true fiction scene of George Brock meeting Pablo Picasso and Picasso's in the nude. Uh, no sexual content, you know, nothing, you know, objectionable, objectionable. Yes. Objectionable. I got it. I'm first. I'm good. Too a lot of people's lives. But anyway, um, 
they basically got arrested and is on trial for um, offering explicit material to a minor. So my question is, do you do you go through the free comic books to make sure that they are age appropriate? Why? No. No, I don't. Okay. Um, I, you know, I, I would hope that the, the publishers would, you know, kind of go through it themselves and, and wouldn't print something objectionable. You're not going to find anybody having sex. I, I truly don't think the image that's that they're using, uh, you know, Picasso nude, I think it was from behind or whatever anyways, oh, yeah, is it, such a horrific thing for a kid to see to begin with. I mean, it's a butt. We've yeah. all got them. Well, you know, but yeah. it was objectionable, and it's been objectionable, see, I can say it, uh, to the point that I think the Free Comic Book Legal Defense Fund... Comic Book Legal Defense, CB, CB, whatever. They, they spent, CBDL, like, some, yeah, you know, some ungodly a, amount of money, like, you know, 50 or 60000 $60,000 on defending this guy, and most of the charges Which, have been dropped. Well, it's, but it's in the South. That's yeah. the truth of it. The Southern states are just not as progressive. Well, as long as you have, you know... What is obscene not being defined? Uh, you can make it whatever you want. So, I, yeah. but but it just it just struck me that not only I mean if the guy had made three bucks on it, you know, would made it right. But I mean, that's a free comic book. But you know, it goes back to that same old line that you know there is no guideline, there are no warnings. Marvel does their own warnings. The mm-hmm. you know DC prints the CCA label on some you know, books. on some books, whichever ones pass the CCA, but retailers aren't always made aware of what is in a book. Now, in this case, it seems a bit ridiculous because you go in any art gallery, you go in any you know library and pick out a, a book on fine art, on Pablo Picasso's art, and you're going to see the yes. same amount of nudity or way more. And I don't know that anyone's going to object to that. It's just, I think, because it was in a comic book. Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, I know that Mark was, not that you were really selective about what you were carrying on Free Comic Book Day. but Oh, no, I was selective. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you have, what, about... Uh, about 12, 14 titles yeah, out there. Well, as I said, there was there had to be at least a hundred that were offered originally, and truth be told, like uh, I think Matt had said, that we kind of bought the the books that we ordered were for our regular customers. Mm-hmm. We ordered the stuff that our regular guys are going to like: Star Wars and Conan, and the Marvel and the DC and Simpsons and, and stuff that we normally sell anyway. So well, I think most of it's going to be our, our regular pull box guys coming in, our regular customers in general coming in to get that stuff. So yeah, we we're. I mean, I was very picky about what I ordered this time, so... I think he uh, had something like 50 different yeah. comics there, so... Like I said, it's, it's not hard to do that. You just gotta go crazy, but he's in, a, he's in a more rural area, so it's probably a little easier for him to... Probably getting more people coming in for that event, too. That's probably so. a little bit bigger event. So. Probably. Uh, so I'm sure we'll do more on that story here in, in coming weeks, but uh, let's move on to some final thoughts. Uh, we'll start with uh, Sal. Final thoughts on Free Comic Book Day. Well, like I said, you know, it's it's an it's a nice event. Um, it's a good idea, and it if it has a flaw, it is that it's you know it's only going to be as successful as as retailers make it, and in in a lot of cases, it's hard for them to do that. So I think it's it's a great um, it's a great concept, and certainly it's good to see uh, publishers looking for ways to help retailers out. Uh, but I think it's just a start, and um, you know there needs to be more done in that regards. But at the same time, retailers have to take some responsibility and realize that they are in business, and that the only way to you know make any money is to spend money and and, and invest time and and into you know promoting and marketing and and, and getting people into your store. So um, 
on both sides of it, there are, there are ways for it to be successful and ways for it to fail. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously I think it's a good idea. Um, I think that what we need to do or what the industry needs to do is focus on what is the purpose. If the purpose of free comic book day is to expand the marketplace, then, you know, these comic companies, Marvel and DC and especially Diamond, they need to step up with advertising dollars. They need to step up to promote their wares to people. I mean, because think about this. Imagine that, you know, the local grocery store was responsible for having to advertise Coke, you know? I mean, they're not making the stuff. They're selling it. They should not be the ones having to do all the effort to get people to come in, you know? There's nothing out there, really, to direct people into the shops, and that's what we need. If that's what their goal is, if their goal is just to give people who are already customers, you know, a nice freebie for being a supportive customer, you know, that's cool. That's totally different, though. So whichever... You know, make up your mind. Yeah, just you know, what is the point of it? Are we trying to expand the marketplace or not? And then they need to get up and uh, and help out. There needs to be some kind of you know much more aggressive co-op advertising program, I think. And I think co-op's the way to do it. But no, I agree, uh, Mr. Baby. I'm just going to agree with Matt. He pretty much said everything. I, I <laughs> he's he's completely right. I mean, Matt I need to. Matt was right. Matt was right. No, he's right. I mean, they need to step up and help advertise this kind of thing. Most people don't know about it. The average person, you know, is not going to know about this. You walk up to a, somebody at a grocery store or somebody at a department store and ask them, what's free comic book day? They're probably not going to know. Yeah. You know what I'd love to see is, you know, when is X3 coming out? Uh, May uh, 2006. 5th or something. But, I mean, they, 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 should, they should be, you know, running spots for that. Probably starting about now. Wouldn't it have been great that at the end of that spot? That's a been... that's a lot to ask, though. I mean, that's huge dollars you're talking for something that nobody's making a whole lot yeah, of money just, on. You know, just just a, just a little you know two second plug. You know, going to your old comic shop on May sixth for free comic book day at the at the end. Yeah, it would be nice, but that's not Marvel's way. It doesn't seem to be that they're always out for the custom, out yeah. for our, the local comic book store as much as themselves. So. Well, in in their defense, they did have low <laughs> low quarterly earnings. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Gee, I, I wonder why <laughs> they have so many good books. Hey, pal. Oh, no, no. Don't 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 I, make I, me thumb wrestle with you. Hey, I was I, a, I grew up a Marvel guy and it just, DC's kicking their ass right now. Hey, yeah, right, it, it, until last Wednesday and the worm has turned, <laughs> yeah, baby. Well, the worm has turned. <laughs> Civil War was Awesome. Excellent. That was awesome. That was a preview of my top of the stack, by the way. <laughs> um, my, uh, my final thoughts, uh, real brief. Um, I like Free Comic Book Day. Like I said earlier, it's it's better than a, a sharp stick in the eye. So it's uh, it's nice that they do it. I wish that uh, just like about everything else that is done in a marketing way, that they would be able to tie things together a little bit. You know, That's when good marketing works is whenever you take one event promotion or campaign, tie it into the next. And what I see in the comic industry is one, you know, small event, you know, after another that aren't tied together. And it's whenever you get repetition of the industry promoting itself is that that's when it's successful. And I think, you know, once, once they figure that out, you're going to see more tie-ins with, you know, movies, you know, uh, TV. Hey, you know, the one thing Marvel did this week, they released a new trailer for Civil War. You know, they did that original mm-hmm. little uh, animated trailer thing. that they did. they did another one. At the end of it, there's a, a spot for um, uh, Find Your Local Comic Shop, uh, the website, which I can't think of off, off the top of my head. Um, 
you know, so, I mean, it's something, that, you know, yeah. I think. What was, uh, I mean, what was the point of that trailer? Just, was that on just their website, or were they distributing it places? Or it what ended up in a lot of places. They knew it was going to hit every fan. Yeah, I mean, world. it's just sort of a press release that they're putting it out yeah. there, and they know it'll it'll spiral its way through the, the internet. Well, I was just having some kind of, like, fantasy that maybe they would actually try to put it in the media somewhere. <sighs> get people well, <laughs> that, was a cool that didn't know it to actually see it. I mean, like I said, I, I think this year more than any, I've, I've seen m- more mainstream press picking up the stories of Free Comic Book Day. I saw in the last two weeks dozens of stories from websites and, and, and newspapers, and not comic book newspaper, you know, news or anything like that, just regular newspapers talking about Free Comic Book Day and, and giving the date. So I think, I think it's improving. I think, you know, it's certainly getting, getting out there more. And the more, you know, mainstream press that comics get in general, I mean, you saw the last couple of weeks with Civil War and all the press that Marvel was getting, you know, I think it can it can trickle down, you know, into that. So I, I think it'll improve. It's just a matter of, of keep, you know, plugging away at it. It's not a, there's no one little, you know, one solution. There's no turnkey solution to it. It's something you have to keep building on and keep building on. You know. No, I actually think that, now that you said that, because I've, I've noticed that, Civil War has actually gotten a lot of press the last couple weeks, but was that kind of a boner to do that right when Free Comic Book Day was going to happen? No, no because perfect time. Well, but look at it. Basically, any, any time is a good time to be in the news if you're in the comic industry. That's true, but I mean, if if the major news outlets, are, you know, let's face it, they're probably not going to cover three or four or five comic book stories. You think NPR is going to do a story on Free Comic Book Day? Um, if no. they were getting that, <laughs> no, I think they could. I don't know why well, it's any different than doing one on Civil War. I mean, I can understand maybe what what you're saying, but I think that you know people are going to come in and pick up Civil War. And we saw, I saw a lot of news stories about, or not news stories, but sort of information about retailers talking about how Civil War and had really pumped up their customers coming in. A lot of people were coming in picking up Civil War because of all the press. Well, that just gives the retailer that much more opportunity to say, hey, don't forget this Saturday, mm-hmm. come in for free comic book day also. So anything that gets people to come into a shop that they haven't been in before, you know, it's hard to look at the negative of it just because, you know, regardless of the timing, it's two different things. Marvel doesn't control when free comic book day. They control when Civil War came out, and they were looking to build up to that Wednesday. They, you know, that well, true, but, I mean, they, they all know when <laughs> free comic book day is, so yeah. they didn't have to do that if they didn't want to do it that way. And, and Marvel controls. I mean, Marvel's the... They're the big dog, so truth be told, if they pushed a little more, um, it would be a lot more successful. If he's, I mean, Chris is right. If they had ran it on the commercials with X Men, the very end, saying "Free Comic Book Day, May 6th, two seconds, or even you know, mm-hmm. of the whole ad at the end, who knows how many people would be coming into comic book stores right, you know, today? Well, I think the problem with that is that Marvel Entertainment, you know, is a different entity, and I don't know if they really want. The association with comic books anymore in those movies. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. especially sounds. when you're doing, you know, the X Men or something, Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you have to realize they're not making that movie just for us. They're making it, you know, to make millions and millions of dollars. And they make it many off of people. Oh, us. Yeah. Well, well, I think they don't understand. They think they're they're marketing this huge crowd. It's like it, it, it's not really. It's the comic geeks, especially when they do an obscure one. I mean, Iron Man. To all of us, we know we know Iron Man, but. The average person doesn't know. Do you Iron know Man. the real Iron Man? Well, I'm soon to find out from Mr. Yeah, Fat but I, I know lots of people that went and, and, and saw X-Men or you know, bought the DVD that aren't comic book fans, that never picked up a comic book in their life, or Spider-Man, or... I, and, and I think, you know, some of those older characters, you, you'd be surprised at some of the people that may have read 
Iron Man when they were a kid. And exactly. Well, that's the thing. They read it when they were a kid, though. But they're not buying comics today. But they probably won't go see the movie when it comes out, though, if they've never read the comic at any point in their life. I think in this day and age that people just go to see whatever looks cool. I mean, what the hell? V for Vendetta, for God's sakes, had like a $26 million opening weekend. Talk about obscure comics. Yeah, but that was never. But it wasn't. Yeah, it was never promoted as a comic. Yeah, that was. But that's true. But I mean, if you Wachowski don't, Wachowski Brothers, exactly. Wachowski if you don't Brothers promote it that way, if you don't hype it up, I mean, right? You're trying to promote it to as many people as possible, regardless of if they're comic book fans or not. That's their goal. They're they they did a good marketing job, and they also they got it in all the major theaters. And they had Natalie Portman. And that was, and they had Natalie <laughs> with a shaved head, and she looks pretty goddamn cute with a shaved head. So, yeah. I tell you what, so let's veer it back in here and wrap up our talk. Topic today. Yeah, was some um, long final thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a couple things. If you want to continue the conversation, please go to our forum, and we'll be chatting this up for the next few days. Because uh, it's better than sitting in your basement talking to yourself. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's it's your amazing conversations with myself. It's a little bit better. Right? If you want more information on Free Comic Book Day, you can go to aroundcomics.com and link up there, or just go to freecomicbookday.com. And uh, I hope everyone had a great free comic book day. Um, send us your emails and posts telling us how it went for you. We uh, can't wait to hear about it. And uh, that will wrap up our topic today. And we'll move over to the news desk for Wire to Wire Comic News. These are your top headlines for the week of May 1st, 2006. Hawkman Returns. The cover to Hawk Girl number 24 teased it, but series artist Howard Chaikin confirmed it at the Pittsburgh Comic Con. We're going to be bringing Hawkman back, Chaikin said. He'll be back soon. Soonish? Eh, we'll start the reintroduction soon. Chaikin said that the goal for he and series writer Walter Simonson has been to streamline the characters. Kendra is a 23-year-old woman, and she has much more real problems, which I find more interesting than reincarnation, he said. Look for more as in upcoming issues, Hawkman makes his return. Kanye West, the comic book. According to Time Magazine, Kanye West is working on a manga-style book with animator Bill Plimpton. Simon & Schuster is publishing the book, which will be based on West's lyrics. Plimpton, best known for his short films that appeared on MTV in the 1980s, met West when drawing the raw, smudgy animation for the hip-hop star's video, Heard Em Say. After the two hit it off, they decided to collaborate on a book based on West's lyrics for Simon & Schuster. Half Dead Gets Resurrected DB Pro announced they will publish Half Dead this fall in a graphic novel format, just in time for Halloween. Half Dead was originally planned to be published through Speakeasy Comics before the publisher closed its doors in a sudden and unfortunate surprise announcement. But while the industry mourns the loss of a publisher that was a shining star to many, the Dable brothers have worked behind the scenes to help the creative team of Half Dead to keep the book on track and ready for release. Combining the chills of modern horror with the excitement of cinematic action, Half Dead is the story of two conspiracies, human and vampire, fighting for control of London in the present day, using gas attacks, soldiers, suicide options, religious icons, and inhuman science, both sides struggle to keep their pawns alive and fighting whether they want to or not. Check out more about Half Dead at halfdeadcomic.com. 
Artist Steve Epstein has returned to penciling duties to join writer Ed Brubaker for the start of an action-packed thriller in London with the Star-Spangled Avenger in Captain America number 18. With the belief that his former sidekick is still alive, Captain America takes his search for the Winter Soldier to London. Unfortunately, it's not going to be all tea and crumpets for Cap as his search becomes a race against destruction in the first part of 21st Century Blitz. Along the way, Captain America will also meet up with some old friends, including another familiar flag-wearing superhero. Cap is going to need all the help he can get because the psychotic duo of Sin and Crossbones have crossed the pond over to London as well. In a related story, Brubaker renews his exclusive. The man who has taken Captain America and made the classic super soldier title into one of the must-read books of recent times has just accepted an exclusive contract with industry leader Marvel Comics. Though excited over the deal, Ed Brubaker is even more excited about the future. Tom Brevert, Marvel editor and guiding hand on Brubaker's Captain America, gets right down to it when reflecting on the writer's work in his new contract with the House of Ideas. He says, Ed brought back Bucky and made the story not suck. That's a guy worth keeping around. According to HollywoodReporter.com, Marvel Studios has tapped director John Favreau to develop and direct the big screen adaptation of Iron Man. Favreau will direct a feature version of Marvel's Armored Hero and develop the script with the writing team of Arthur Markham and Matt Holloway. Writer, director, actor Favreau appeared as Foggy Nelson in 2003's Daredevil movie, and as he grew as a director, helming the effects-heavy family adventure movie Zathura, A Space Adventure, he and Marvel chairman Avi Arad looked for projects to collaborate on. Favreau's sensibilities have been to eschew CGI in favor of almost retro aesthetic, but Iron Man will see him changing his tune. Hooked on Comics and Hooked on Comics Volume 2 are at long last available on DVD. They're low budget, but feature revealing and often hilarious interviews with a ton of great artists. Featured in Volume 1 are Daniel Close, Los Brothers Hernandez, Julie Duchet, Jim Woodring, J.R. Williams, Pat Moriarty, and more. Volume 2 focuses on the Chicago scene and includes Chris Ware, Ivan Brunetti, Cherise Miracle, Archer Pruitt, Jessica Abel, and Terry LeBan. Visit AroundComics.com to learn where you can order Hooked on Comics and Hooked on Comics Volume 2. Nelson Mandela the Comic Teaches History The Black Pimpernel, the third in a series of nine comics depicting the life of Nelson Mandela, has been published. The Madiba Legacy Series, produced by Nelson Mandela Foundation's Center of Memory and Commemoration Project, depicts Mandela's life in comic book form. You know you're really famous when you become a comic book character, joked world icon and former President Nelson Mandela at the Johannesburg launch of the series of nine books based on his life. The aim of the books is to encourage young South Africans to read and to teach them their history. With funding from Anglo-American, a million copies of A Son of the Eastern Cape, the first in the series, were distributed in newspapers and to secondary schools throughout the country in October of 2005. Marvel's Civil War continues to receive a tremendous amount of mainstream attention. On Tuesday, May 2nd, Marvel Editor-in-Chief Joe Quesada was a special guest on a webcast for ABCNews.com. 
the most eagerly anticipated book of the year, is going to be featured in an ABC World News Tonight webcast. Civil War continues to capture the mainstream media's attention. Since the project was announced, Civil War has been featured in numerous magazines, newspapers, and radio programs all across the country. Those include NPR's Talk of the Nation, the New York Times, the Philadelphia Daily News, Metro News, Ashbury Park Press, the Boston Herald, and the Fort Wayne Journal-Gazette. These have been your top headlines for the week of May 1st, 2006. For the full version of these and other stories, go to www.aroundcomics.com, your source for the best in comics news, reviews, and opinions. brought to you by Dark Tower Comic Books and Collectibles. Already Chicago source for the best in comic selection, knowledge, and service, we're announcing that Dark Tower is getting even better. Dark Tower is moving! As of Monday, May 1st, you can visit their new location at 4835 Northwestern Avenue. What does this mean to you? A bigger store, bigger selection, more room for gaming, and more parking. Dark Tower still offers one of the best pull list memberships in Chicago, but don't forget about their trade paperback readers program and convenient pre-ordering. For more information, call Dark Tower at 773-506-0400 or visit them on the web at darktowercomics.net. All right, there are your top headlines for the week. Let's run them down. First one, Hawkman Returns. This is uh, Howard Chaykin who's doing uh, Hot Girl, and they're um, giving some clues that, uh, that Hawkman's coming back. So, any, yep. any, Three words for you. What a surprise. <laughs> yeah, have you guys been reading that, that post one year later stories? For in Hot Girl? Hot Girl. It's, um, it's good so far. I have. I I, I've, I've, I've heard that it's not Chaykin's strongest work. You know, in comparison to what I'm seeing uh, from what he's getting ready to do in New Avengers, that's like. the big shaking guy. What do you think? Um, yeah, you know, he his style has evolved a bit over the the it years, is. and I don't I don't like it as much now. It seems like he's he's tried to create something that he can he can do faster work, um, and I, I don't I don't appreciate it as much as I I do his older stuff. Um, at least not on a monthly book. I, I mean, it, it may just be hard for him to get out a monthly book with the type of art that he can really create. Uh, but, you know, his stuff that he did you know, years ago, even even more recently, like Power and Glory, you know, which wasn't all that long ago, um, is just fantastic. Compared the Challenges to, of the Unknown miniseries. Yeah, that was, that was real good. Um, he didn't draw Fight Club, did he? he did, did he just write it? No, 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 he, he just wrote it. Just wrote it. Just but... I, so I haven't been reading the Hawk Girl. Um, I picked up, I think, the first issue that he did, and I, I just there's something about the style that he's doing now that I, I just don't like nearly as much as his older stuff. Well, I, 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 I don't think anyone you know doubted for a second that Hawkman was you know going to stay gone. No, well, he's died twice in the same in like you know 50 issues basically. He's gone. Yeah, I mean this is like his you know whatever 37th uh, reincarnation of being changed in the DC universe. I hope they pick one. And settle. I don't know what it is about these these characters like this. These minor kind of He's minor come characters back as like evil man that are 
they're just <laughs> why is Hog, why is poor Hogman so incomprehensible? I don't know. It's something about that guy. But you know, one thing I do want to mention about this is I I do think it's kind of interesting the fact that um, it seems like that maybe like never before that DC's really letting their other media properties kind of drive their comics. Um, Hawkgirl only became popular and was a big deal because of the JLA, a JLU cartoon. And so now she's kind of like the Hawk in the DC universe. Whatever works, baby. So I know, but I just think it's kind of <laughs> interesting. They just need a good female hero, that's why. They don't have enough of them. I just think it's kind of interesting that they're going back and forth and kind of taking stuff from the cartoon. And uh, the next, what I'm really excited about, Kanye West, the comic book. <laughs> This is a joke. This that. is a joke, right? This is going to have news. Is this the Bush a late April Fool's joke? Yeah, I was going to say there's going to be a panel. I just an awestruck. She's a digger. <laughs> there's just going to be an awestruck picture of Mike Myers in the background of like every panel of this book. It's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh no, you did. <laughs> well, yeah, Bill Clinton. He's yeah, a local guy. Kanye. Kanye's a local Chicago guy. Maybe we can get him on the show, Kanye. So you're saying it's our city's fault? No, I, <laughs> hey, hey, if nothing else, the guy definitely has stuff to say. He's not your typical, you know, hip hop star. He does, he does have opinions and thinks about things and, and wants to communicate more than just maybe, you know, your basic hook of his new song. So, okay, yeah, he's a, he's a singer. They all have an opinion. Doesn't mean it's a good Well, song. hey, who's it? I mean, who's, you know, you Bono, know, there is a perfect, who validates somebody that? needs to just shut up. <laughs> And Mark just pissed off all the YouTube fans. On. <laughs> so now we got YouTube fans, Sandman fans. Who else can we? Yeah, boy, uh, we're just knocking them off one by one. You know, like I'm not a fan of his music. Who's next? Really bon Jovi. Him. Yeah, I don't really know his stuff, but um, Bon Jovi. You know, this is the kind of thing. If we're talking about getting reaching out to a new audience, I mean, Bongo. This is the kind of thing that is going to do it more so than you know a big superhero civil war. Yeah. So I, I, this I don't, is. Yeah. I think. I think. I think people will be surprised what comes out of that. I, I, I'm expecting more than just some crappy music video. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, I, if, if you know, I'm not, I'm not like a Kanye West fan or anything. I mean, I like some of his music, but I've seen, I've seen some documentaries on the guy, and he's not your typical, like I said, you know, gold chain, gold tooth, chalice. Waving, you know. Now you just star. offended all of those fans of ours. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, of them. yeah, I'm sure there's there's a ton of those out there. I think that it may actually have some substance to the, to the book. Well, see, I, I like Bill Plimpton. Well, so. yeah, Bill Plimpton. I mean, that, that to me is crazy. You think about that. Somebody who is most famous probably for doing these cartoons on uh, what was that 100 uh, Liquid Television or whatever back in MTV. Yeah, and then they turned into MTV commercials and. He, does a lot of advertising. Like so, American Airlines commercials. Yeah, I, I, interesting to see. I haven't seen any of his newer stuff lately, so I don't know. Uh, Half Dead is, is coming back. This was, uh, was that a speakeasy title? It seems like all these speakeasy. It was a speakeasy title that, you know, another speakeasy title that unfortunately is uh, going to have to be, it was picked up by uh, Alias, I think. I think Alias picked them up. And, it's, uh, it's, it's just one one more of the speakeasy titles that have been picked up, which you know just shows what a shame it was that all these all these books were signed on with Speakeasy, and you know in, in the middle well, of the, the night they closed up. That was their downfall, though, is, is that they, they yeah they had too many books coming out and and not enough clear marketing plans for any of them, and unfortunately, a lot of creators got you know hurt by it seems like a lot of them are getting out of it you know athena voltaire and yeah, picked up by yeah. smoke, I mean, the good smoke stuff's gonna find its feet so yeah yeah uh, so speaking yeah, there's another one spell game which was actually wasn't bad 
Um, so hopefully, you know, it, sa- it, sounds, it right. sounds like a neat premise for a book. So you know, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. You for know, a quarter, I mean, you yeah. know, hey, check it out. Try it out. So, so good for uh, the team at Half Dead. In uh, a couple of related stories, number one, uh, Epstein, Steve Epstein is coming back to Captain America, which you know, fans of the the original couple arcs of that series should be happy. I, I thought he did a great job on that book. Oh yeah, I think I think his his art really fit the tone of that book so well. Um, and it just, I mean, it just made it such a better story because he was able to really convey the depth that, you know, Brubaker's It just, it, just it, it, it perfectly caught the feel of what Brubaker was writing. Now, Mark, I know that you're a big fan of, of the Catholic. Are you glad that Epstein's coming back to it? Yeah, I am. I'm very happy. Uh, I, you know, I personally, I didn't really mind, uh, the second artist's work either. I mean, I didn't really diminish that much. It was still a good storyteller. Did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice to see Epping come back. Cause yeah, I, I, did, I did nice like his work uh, better. Yeah, so, Although, I mean, my point of view really, I guess, is that I, I haven't really noticed a drop off in quality. I'm, I'm just as happy with. Yeah, that I mean, person, honestly, so. it was it was really. Good. Although I'd still cut off Steve Epting's writing ar- or drawing arm to get Howard Chankin to draw that book. <laughs> that that <laughs> is Sal's dream me. as a Brubaker, Chankin, Captain America. So, but you're getting closer to that. You're gonna, yeah, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna have Bendis Captain America. That's that's a pretty good start. So not the, that should be awesome. So we're talking about some of the preview pages, which you can check out on on our site. Of Chicken's going to be doing was it New Avengers? Yeah, twenty. I think it's twenty one of New Avengers. I guess that's what I think throughout the Civil War Avengers. He's going to be using different guest artists. Each each issue is going to be a standalone for like each member of the Avengers. Right. So you'll see a Spider Man story that'll have a, a guest artist that'll sit in. Which it's is good, man, because we haven't gotten enough Spider Man stories out of Marvel. Or no, <laughs> no, glad for that. Never enough. Never enough. Uh, in the related story, uh, Brubaker has extended his exclusive with Marvel. So you know, we, we talked about that a little bit. Was that last week? Mm-hmm. We talked about uh, in our Company Men episode about exclusive and some of the pros and cons for that, but for people that are liking Daredevil and Captain America and really looking forward to Uncanny X-Men, I think this is really good news for, for Marvel fans. Absolutely. I, I think, uh, you know, I think Ed Brubaker has a ton of talent that hasn't been used yet. I mean, that guy, what he's done on Daredevil and Cap so far is just I think you're phenomenal. Just, you're just being yeah, biased. Just kissing ass because you were in one. Well, <laughs> granted, I, 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 he throws me in there too. I'm going to be his, his, uh, no, but his even, best boy also. Even, even so, I, I can look at it. You know, I can compartmentalize. You know, any feelings I may have for as Ed long as Co Salazar you know, makes a return. Of well, he's going to get shanked next time. You watch Co Salazar's series, don't you guys? Yes. Well, actually, if I got like the Batman series, my dream is that that Bullseye wastes Co Salazar in an upcoming issue of Daredevil. That would be way too cool. And then he screams, "No, not like that!" I don't. I don't think I'm going to see. I don't think you're going to see a reappearance of that character. That was his last thing. No, not my, but my podcast. Not this way. Uh, that's oh, a, the listeners. Not like this. <laughs> so we're glad that uh, that Brew is signed on for a while longer at Marvel. Uh, John Favreau is going to direct Iron Man, and uh, which brings me uh, two things I want to mention. We actually, if you go to the site, we have a hidden little Easter egg where myself, Sal, and uh, Tom Caters talk about this at length. Uh, and speaking of Easter eggs, we are adding these into the site more and more all the time. And thank you to Indie Spinner Rack for uh, giving us the inspiration to do that. If you're an indie comic fan, 
please check out Andy Spinnerack. Uh, Chuck and Phil do a great job with that. It gets so, you a little bell when you plug things. Just ding. Yeah, uh, I was just telling Sal before that, you guys, I can't find any of them, so I'm kind of... Oh, I mean, they used to problems. Yeah. <laughs> they're hidden all over the site. You gotta go and look. And, oh, I mean, they're, they're, go, go to the, go to the Favreau. I found I found one mostly because Chris showed me. Yeah, <laughs> go go to the John Favreau is announced as Iron Man director story, and there's a little Iron Man helmet on there. Click on that, and that will give you a web only what twelve minute. Yeah, it's minutes. twelve thirteen minutes. Citizen Dave, who apparently Thank has way do. too much time on his hand, invites them yeah, instantly. Oh, man, now I gotta go home. <laughs> so so we, we've got we've got all sorts of, of neat little Easter eggs spread out through the site, and you'll get more and more uh, probably every week. Uh, guys, we'll go into it uh, on this cast a little bit. John Favreau as the Iron Man director. I, love uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I like the guy. I'm just not sure he's how well this is. And this is the kind of movie for him or not. Oh, and I mean, you, you, you say his name. Speaking of the devil. Dave Wachter has just entered the if building. I say it three more times, will he go away? <laughs> <laughs> Dave, uh, w- welcome uh, welcome to Around Comics. If you want to say say hello to everyone here. Hello to everyone here. All right, now go go buy some comics. We'll, we'll talk to you in a little bit. Something. Yeah, buy the free comics. <laughs> So John John Favreau as the Iron Man director, you know he's a, he's a director I like. He's an actor I liked in the past. He's not my favorite in any. I really he enjoyed does, him in Elf as the uh, doctor. You well, know, he directed the that, so I know. But you know, it, and you know, we just we just plugged Indy Spinner Rack, but another big nod to John Favreau because this show is really we try and pattern it after Dinner for Five. We. You know, Sal and I both love that show, and that's a lot of the feel that we want to get here. So I, I, I'm a Favreau fan. I think, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know if he's a comic book fan at all, um, but he's already kind of shown a little um, bit of concern for what the fans want. By He, he recently um, started a MySpace page and where he was uh, asking opinions on who should play Tony Stark or, you know, different plot you know, elements. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. But, um, but you know, at least it... it whether he takes any of the advice there or listens to it or even it's him actually posting there or not, who knows. But it seems like it's a step in the direction of, you know, wanting to find out what fan opinion is about a movie before you go out and make it. So if nothing else, he's got some humility maybe. And, and he seems like a, a very bright guy. You know, he, he's made some, some pretty good movies on small budgets. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets his hands on some real dollars, what he can do. Hopefully it won't, you know, you know, take a guy out of his element and, you know, he'll just throw dollars at everything and it'll just be this big <coughs> scene. I've, I've just been handed a card. Dave, Dave they're bashing the Hulk Iron again. Man would be perfect. Vince Vaughn. Because <laughs> Vince Vaughn can do anything as far as hey, myself he, and Matter can He can do no wrong. When I, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I, see, and you could go into this whole, like, Tony Stark, like, in Swingers thing where it's like, you know. <laughs> Vegas, maybe. Swingers, too. Yeah, yeah. It's going to depend on what type of Iron Man movie they're going to make. Is it gonna, is it going to be about the character? Is it going to be about Tony Stark? Or is it going to be... About the alcohol. Well, yeah, I, I, well, it's got to be. What the hell else drama does that character have? Well, or is it going to just war. be? Is it just going to be this big action <laughs> flick where he's just you know it's all about the armor? Well, I don't and if they're going to leave the effects and the first. But I think that's such an integral part of Iron yeah. Man. I mean, that's really that's who Iron Man is. Well, I said that originally that I think they would probably um, wait and maybe touch on that, but I don't think you could do that with the first film just because 
I think you'd have to touch on it a little. I, I mean, think you'd have to touch on it. You have to care about him for that to make yeah. a difference. Yeah. That, that, well, that's, that, that's the only one of the first movies. They introduced, you got to care about the characters. So if they don't introduce those kind of parts, how are you ever going to like the guy? Otherwise, he's just some rich guy with a really cool suit of armor and, well, that's what, you know, you know uh, gets the ladies and, and I, I think uh, we beats focus, the bad guys. We focus on Favreau. He's James Bond. Yeah. We, that's we, right. <laughs> we focus on Favreau directing this, but I think something that we need to be, you know, very, um, critical of is who they're going to, you know, tab to write this thing. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. already some big names that are interested in writing it, so that's a good sign. There's a lot of, lot of, of, of big I can't think of them, there, so they're not that uh, big. But rewind the episode. It's, it's in the... It's in yeah. The um, uh, but, you know, hopefully it's it's people that understand the character, are comic fans, and and can really tap into that Tony Stark story. Anyway, let's, uh, let's move on. Hooked on Comics and Hooked on Comics Volume 2 uh, DVDs that are Basically, spotlighting through interviews and interaction with a lot of uh, top independent artists, underground uh, artists. Are we going to check that out? So, have you have you seen I, any? I have, no, I, I have, have not. Have I definitely um, want to. A lot of those names are familiar to me from my independent comic days back in the '90s. So, I'm kind of curious. Yeah, I definitely want to check it out. It looks. I, I just happened to see it somewhere. Um, that it was available. It was on a blog or something. I'm like, wow! And I started reading the names that they were, you know, talking about. I'm like, that that's probably going to be really interesting. And I know the second DB. There's two of them, two volumes, and the second one uh, is really around the like Chicago. Yeah, so I'm, I'm so really I definitely excited about that. You know, Chris, where what's in uh, another related story? If you are in the Chicago area, we've right now the uh, Chicago Contemporary of Art Museum. Contemporary Art Museum has a Chris Ware exhibit going on, I believe, through August 27th. So what museum like, was that? It's the, Chicago. <laughs> the Museum of Contemporary Art downtown. In Chicago? In Chicago? And yes. Here, in our own city. In Chicago. There are many damn museums in this city. Oh, and it's a, oh that's a fantastic museum. Chris, it's, like it's like a room. You just, it's like oh, a it's closet. Huge. No, it's is huge. It, it is a huge, wonderful art museum. To piggyback off that, though, too, I want you guys to remember that the big traveling comic art exhibit that's in uh, Milwaukee right now too uh, running through August so I'm gonna I'm planning on going sometime I don't well, know if you guys want to road trip you, up though. here so we'll yeah, yeah, I don't know if you guys want to road trip up there or not but it's supposed to be a great uh, a great exhibit I got so, a friend of mine I got a friend of mine she emailed me and she goes road trip she read about it in some paper or magazine yeah. Well, and then so Milwaukee's Art Museum is yeah, fantastic. That's a whole. Yeah, art the, way, they so. the the new Calatrava designed flying wing art museum. So what would you say? It's it's more museum than Milwaukee deserves. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a cool uh, bar in Milwaukee called the uh, Safe House. Safe House. Safe House. Yeah. Yeah. It's My a, buddy yeah. thankfully gave me the passport because yeah. I didn't have to do anything on screen. <laughs> yeah, you know, Damn, I was, was like going to invite you guys up there and make you uh, through that. There, so, but there. if you already know it, then. That's a cool uh, place. We can get Neesman. Yeah, he don't know the password. No. So. <laughs> Great. Sorry, Matt. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, new, new lineup on the show next week, folks. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll be checking Chris that out. Chris, leaving the show? That's, that's terrible. <laughs> we'll be lost at the safe house. Uh, next story, Nelson Mandela, the comic book. Um, Sal, you brought this up on the forum and and uh, got the story posted. What do you think about this? Oh, I think it's a, I think it's a great thing. I mean, they're using it to not only teach you know the people there, the kids there, their history, and and one of the most, if not the most important person in their uh, history of that country, Nelson Mandela, but it's also teaching you know people to read, um, to use a medium. You know, I mean, it's just a perfect example of the you know ability of comics and what the medium could really be used for in a lot of instances if people can get past sort of you know the stigma of you know whatever but 
to have someone of uh, of his status of you know, Nelson Mandela. And it sounds like he's really involved. Yeah, yeah, and his foundation and everything, and and they're you know they they're giving away millions and millions of copies to 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 the children of South Africa to help them read and help them learn the history of Nelson Mandela. So. Is it going to be printed? What language is it printed in? South African. There's so many dialects. Though. I mean, there's <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, there's like hundreds of dialects, from what I understand, from different regions well, in Africa. Yeah, I, I, the primary I, language thing is English, there, right? Uh, English, I think they have Dutch as one of their official... Yeah, I'm not no, sure. Afrikaans oh, I hate the Dutch. Yeah. It's called Afrikaans, <laughs> I think, is their official language. But, okay. but yeah, um, it's cool, I guess. For some reason, I just had a picture in my head of, like, um, you know, Nelson Mandela as a superhero. <laughs> the, like, <laughs> I was like when we were kids, they had, like, when, when uh, William the Refrigerator Perry joined G.I. Joe or something, That's you know, so it was, like, cool. really... <laughs> it was just some kind of a weird thing and then that had the these WWF. real people in the... <laughs> well, I think they're taking it a little yeah. more serious. <laughs> what was it called in the, news, in the news article? Was it the Black Pimpernel? Black Pimpernel, yeah. Which, I'm it. telling you, they get sell a lot more cars that just call it the Black Pimp. I'm telling you. <laughs> Nelson be Mandela, like, the, the Black, Black Pimp. Pimp. Boom, boom, boom. We just reached an all-new Black Pimp. Anyway. Yeah. That's a whole <laughs> different thing. For those of you that don't know Nelson Mandela's history, or didn't read the article, um, that was a name that was given to him by the the media in South Africa when he was a young man and, and could not be captured. So that's why that's why that first issue. Cause it, well, it's talking with the Scarlet Pimpernel. Well, obviously, yes. I there mean, you go. Just yeah. for our uneducated. Right. Talks about the other colored Pimpernels. <laughs> the, the chartreuse. The, the beige, the beige Pimpernel. The puce Pimpernel, that's the best one. I actually well, think they had an episode of that of uh, on Black Adder one time, but never mind. <laughs> but actually, in the book, if you, there's a couple of pages from, if you go to the article on our website around comics.com, um, there's a couple of, of art pictures there from it, and uh, it, you know, it looked actually pretty good. I mean, as far as the quality of it, it didn't seem like, you know, some of these, you know, like I said, when William Perry was in a comic, it's not exactly your best artist working on, where this looked like it, it's a very serious thing they're taking. I think it was the same people that worked on Team America. Let's <laughs> cool. NFL man or what was that? Uh, NF, NFL <laughs> Super Pro. Yeah, yeah, Super yeah. Pro. That they, was, uh, I mean, South classic. Africa as a country is really they they have a lot of problems. I mean, uh, HIV is through the roof and uh, great levels of poverty and everything. So, I, and whatever can help if that's going to help the kids learn, you know, then hey, what the hell? All right. Well, we'll uh, move on to our last story, and that is the Marvel media blitz surrounding Civil War. And wait, what book was that? Marvel has a big book that out. Yes, yes, great. What's it about? This this past Wednesday, Marvel released the first issue in Civil War, which has been leading up here the last uh, few months, and it was surrounded by really a large amount of media coverage, whether that be ABC News dot com, uh, NPR, uh, several newspaper. Uh, articles, anything from the what, Fort Wayne Gazette. Fort Wayne Gazette. <laughs> and, and, and I so only a newsprint, or is it on TV at well, all? It sounds or like radio a lot of it was at, yeah, they're online, on, they're, they're on NPR's um, uh, NPR talker. doesn't count. Nobody listens to them. <laughs> NPR well, every day. They're on an NPR broadcast live, and, or, and they were on ABC's webcast. Which um, is a whole different thing than being on the news. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, that's why I was saying the webcast thing. I'm like, well, that's useful. I've never listen to it or seen it in my life. So. I think a lot of people get their news from the web these so? days. But, you, you know, know I, I think the whole point is that they're getting a lot of media coverage. You know, it may not be, you know, on the, the five o'clock news, you know, or CNN, but, you know, well, they are getting... There's no getting, Superman on the cover of Time Magazine or anything, but... Well, we'll talk, I mean, we're going to talk about the, the book and the merits and, and positives and everything about that later, but, I don't know, comic companies seem like they can just, they do this every once in a while. There's some, like... 
big news story, you know, about whatever event hey, they bring hunt. it on, bring and it on. It's it's better to I see hope it that than it's not actually it. bringing people in. Well, it seems. I mean, you know, obviously, don't know the the full truth of it, but there was you know a press release from Marvel with quotes from some of their retailers talking about you know, they were selling out a Civil War. They had you know people coming in that they had never seen before. They had over ordered you know copies of it and and were selling out. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Mark, we didn't what, we didn't sell out. We we we. Definitely ordered a lot of them, though, more than we usually do, even a little over what we do. Well, we're, we're recording this on Saturday, so you've had, you know, Wednesday. We sold you know, probably about half what, of what we ordered. Can I ask you what you've, what you've sold sure, on about it? about a hundred and a quarter. Okay, that's... So we sold at least... So we bought 75 copies, probably we've sold at least. And and do you know, I mean, could you tell where a lot of those, you know, people that normally come into the store, did you have any um, new... a lot of A lot of them, I mean, the main portion were the people that come into the store normally, but there were a lot of people that I haven't really seen before that came in and picked it up. Yeah, and this was the very first Wednesday that you've been in the new location, so yes, exactly. it's a little hard to, to tell that. Yeah, so. But there, I mean, it has, a lot of people have been coming in, buying it, um, and well, the you, indications, you push it if they don't have it in their pile, you mention it, and they usually go back and grab it, too, so... The indications are that you know it is doing well and it is bringing in the the, the media inform, you know stuff that's out there and is bringing in new new people or people that you know may not have read stuff. So I mean, you know, it, it may be that you know same sort of collector mentality that we saw with the death of Superman. You know, where <laughs> no, people are just trying to jump on it, but I haven't seen too many people buying multiple copies of it, which is unusual. I mean, there's been a couple books recently that people have been doing that too. Wolverine Origin, mm-hmm. um, you know, two covers, one Turner cover would be. And everybody's been buying multiple copies of those. Um, there's been a couple other books that they've done that too, but not so much this one. It's been single. I mean, it's actually fairly impressive that it's been single sales that have actually depleted it that much. Coming in within, within a, you know uh, three days, yeah. basically. Yeah. Because there are alternate covers for that, right? There, are there were covers. variant covers one in twenty five, which was a Michael Turner cover. Again, you know, I'm not in love with Michael Turner, but <laughs> it, it's a nice enough cover. He's uh, turning into Mr. Variant Cover. He's turning into Mr. Cover. I last when does he bring out a monthly book on oh, time? Man, knows his every time. Well, with each month. So, with that Marvel deal, that's that deal with Wildstorm where they have him to do cover. Yeah, you know, they, so they, I got to say those Civil War, some of those Civil War stuff that he's done though. I mean, I'm, I've never been that huge of a Michael Turner fan. I like some of this stuff, but a lot of time it looks weird. Yeah. I mean, some of his people, but some of that Civil War stuff he's done is pretty. Pretty phenomenal, and some of his best work, I think. Yeah, there's, there's, I've seen a couple covers. This one was okay, uh, but it was a color cover, one in twenty-five, and there was a sketch cover, which was one in seventy-five. Okay, um, so well, it'll be interesting. We're actually to see sold out of both. If so, okay. it'll be interesting to see if the media attention for Civil War continues through, you know, let's say the first three months over the summer here, if if it continues to get any play in the media. As it's, I mean, it really is playing off a lot of you know current events and themes. Well, I think one of the you know one of the, the the advantages that they have going into it is that you have a character like Captain America that's right in the middle of it and taking a stand on something that's controversial that's going to you know. And I think that's where the media coverage is coming from. They're talking about politics and politics that relate you know almost identi- identically. Yes, uh-huh, with um, with what's happening in this country now today so i mean it's it's something people can relate to and and it's not necessarily taking a side on either you know side of it but it's examining it and questioning what's going on and that makes and, it newsworthy yeah and, and i think that's where they're getting it but but add that you know with a character who already is political in captain america whether you know anyone ever wants him to be or not he just is because his name is captain america and he wears a flag um, I think that's an advantage for Marvel that 
you know, mainstream news will will try and use that or, you know, jump on that, you know, to write stories about. Anybody else? That should uh, wrap up our news for today. That means it is time for Top of the Stack. Top, top of the stack. Of the stack, the stack, the stack. That's right. It is top of the stack. It's our chance to let you, the listener, know what we've been reading for the last week. So let's get to it, uh, Mr. Beatty. What is your top of the stack this oh, week? Oh, sure, me first. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to go with something. I, I, it's Civil War, and uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am going to go with a book called uh, "Daughters of the Dragon," uh, which I think is a it's a, just a fun book. Um, here, I'll read you the basic setup. I have it written down. Hey, all right. Just here, that's the paper. Uh, basically, bounty hunters Misty Knight and Colleen Wing star in this sexy action thriller, Daughters of the Dragon, the latest project from writers Justin Gray and Jimmy Palmiotti. Um, as they're saying, it's an entertaining mix of gritty action, biting comedy, sharp visuals provided by talented newcomer Carrie Evans. Um, she is new. This seems to be her first book. It's just, I started reading it the first issue just kind of to see how it was, and I kind of, I really enjoyed it. It's basically they're running a, uh, bail bonds thing, and, they have uh, basically some bail jumpers, some really degrade villains like uh, Humbug, Eight Ball, Whirlwind, um, other people that appear. Freezer Burn, uh, just terrible. So even, por- even, por- even. I mean, they have uh, the Porcupine, the Jester, Kangaroo, Hammer and Anvil, Cottonmouth, and my favorite, Doctor Bong, straight from Howard <laughs> the Duck comics. Doctor Bong. Any book that can use Doctor Bong. Has got my vote for top old, of the stack, baby. Old school uh, Captain America villain. Oh, it's a terrible. Oh, it's just, that, that's the Where's worst the of villains ever. But they're great. They're they're actually great. They're going after. There's a certain item that's missing that it gets. It's basically somebody's after a character created called Rickadonna. Um, but the art is just fantastic. The story is great. If you like books like She Hulk or The Thing, you're gonna like Daughters of the Dragon. It's got a lot of humor in it, but the art's just great. Uh, really works the book. It's on its fourth issue, I think, right now. It's a six-issue miniseries. Do Power Man and Iron Fist make any guest appearances? Uh, Iron Fist is appearing, I think, in the fifth issue, I think. Um, Who's Power Man? Iron Fist is. I don't think Power Man. Power Man's hero for hire, of course. Cage. Duke Cage, baby. <laughs> Sweet Christmas, don't you know? He's nothing? long gone from using that cool name, though. Yeah, he's, he's now he's too cool to be called that. So He's a daddy um, now. He had to grow up. Yeah, the writers are Justin Gray and James Palmiotti. And uh, Justin Gray does, he's done small stuff like Amazing Fantasy, uh, an issue from there, I think number 19, Marvel Adventure issues, a couple of those. Really not too much, um, but he's doing a great job on this book. It's really entertaining, and I look forward to it every time. Like I said, the art is just, it's unique enough and, and uh, cool enough. Uh, you've never seen Misty Knight look so 70s in her life. And uh, <laughs> nice. Colleen Wing, I never thought she was much of a character, but I mean, she just, she... Kick some ass. I mean, she she takes down the rhino, you know. And I mean, in a way that you're just like, man, that's it's like it's like Tarantino right like, taking down the rhino. This is a perfect book for Tarantino to take over. He wants to do a comic book movie. Daughters of the Dragon is perfect for him. Nice. nice. Is it sort of uh, Marvel's answer to Birds of Prey? And not really, not really. Oh, never mind. But I think they take the crap out of the Huntress and, and stuff. <laughs> I I tell you, Colleen Wing rocks. Nice. Um, but it's a really, really enjoyable book, uh, and that's my that's my top of the stack pick, Mister Summer. What have you got for us this week? Oh well, I'm actually surprised I never talked about this book before because, um, like the three years I wasn't buying comics, this is the one comic I still bought. 
Now, I know, I don't know about you guys, but um, when I was a kid, being a nerd meant comic books, but it also meant playing Dungeons and Dragons and other role-playing games <laughs> like that. So, as a fellow nerd, I have no idea. I've what been, about. I've been to Gen Con. <laughs> okay, yeah, I and see. So for me, growing up, uh, you know, D and D was always a big part of being a kid, um, and with my friends in high school and messing around with that stuff. And so, um, I'm trying to think when this was. Uh, what is the book? During the mid '90s. <laughs> well, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Does it have a title? Uh, during the mid '90s, the book came out called "Knights of the Dinner Table." Knights of the Dinner Table, um, which is it started out as a humor strip. Uh, a gamer humor strip in uh, the back of Shadis magazine, and it proved popular enough that the uh, the guy who was doing the magazine, uh, Jolly Blackburn, is his name. Swear to God, um, he needed an extra space, and so he kept drawing this strip, and he thought it was going to be a one-off, one-page strip. And uh, but demand was such that they kept wanting more and more and more and more. And eventually, uh, he decided to do a self-publishing, make a comic, an actual 22-page comic of uh, gamer strips. And it's really been a runaway success. Um, it always wins awards uh, at the you know all the gaming awards for best gaming magazine in the industry. And uh, it's currently up to uh, issue 111 right now. Um, the format, basically, is... Uh, Look, if you're looking for artwork, this book is not your book. Um, he's a very limited artist, and he, uh, what art he does have, he uses a lot of clips, a lot of cut and paste to make the panels. So the panels are usually very static. They're usually four people sitting at a table um, and a game master guy who runs, runs the game. And the gist of the strips is pretty much that, you know, uh, the game master tries to run a game. There's a couple players that are idiots, a couple players that are power gamers that want to kill everything that moves, a couple people, you know, one person that uh, wants to talk to everything. And so it's kind of a mix and what, you know, wackiness ensues. It's kind of like our panel. Yeah, pretty much if we were playing Dungeons & Dragons instead of recording a podcast. Um, and so you get about, you know, you get 22 pages worth of gamer strips, uh, comic Comic strips in here. It's also it is though a magazine, so it has articles on um, on gaming and uh, reviews of old games and reviews of new games, uh, reviews of books, um, some adventure ideas. The company Kenzer and Co. that publishes this magazine, they also have their own uh, role playing game line. So they kind of they have articles in there that support that, uh, support generic D and D, um, other stuff. So. Uh, anybody that likes a good comic uh, humor with gaming, if you have any experience playing Dungeons and Dragons, if you've ever played an elf, uh, this is something you should check out. All right. Um, I also did want to throw in one little quick cheating extra for uh, the thing number six, um, Mister Mister Caters. We got a question for you. Um, Tom, Tom Caters has <laughs> just walked into our midst here. Who, uh, who's the artist? Who's the artist on the thing number six? Did you read that one yet? I did read it, and I don't know. Okay, oh, it's a fill-in artist. I'm sorry to waste everybody's <laughs> time with that. Uh, the book does have a fill-in artist, but I am going to recommend that people check out the thing number six this week, only because he um, asks Spider-Man, "What the hell is the deal with the three arms?" All right, so everyone, go go pull, <laughs> pull uh, Dan Slot's thing. Slots thing. Exactly. <laughs> Sal, what is your top of the stack? Uh, my top of the stack is actually a 
uh, free comic book that I got on Free Comic Book Day. Hey, you're staying with the theme. How about that? Um, it's called The Pre- Preposterous Voyages of Ironhide Tom, and it is uh, it is done by a gentleman by the name of Joel Priddy, P-R-I-D-D-Y. It's put out by Ad House Books. Um, their website is adhouse dot, or adhousebooks.com. Um, and this uh, this was just an entertaining, funny uh, little comic. It's, um, you know, it's not... It's not a Jim Lee book. You're not going to see incredible art. It's almost, the art in this book is almost sort of stylized stick figures. It's very simple, but sequentially it's very well done. Um, for the, the, the limited, you know, lines in the book, um, it's put together really well and it's, it's extremely funny. And it's about a character called, uh, Ironhide Tom, who is born, uh, of, between the mating of a, uh, crusty sailor and a hurricane. Um, one evening, and uh, and Ironhide Tom is sort of this little pirate that he seems to be basically indestructible, um, but not very bright, and he goes from one misadventure to the next, um, and he generally, you know, succeeds in his adventure one way or another, usually of no fault of his own, but he um, he ends up, you know, with countless riches and then somehow squanders them away, is sort of the theme of the book. Um it's a bunch of little short stories told in three or four page uh, sequences, and some of the titles of the the, the chapters are um, "Spat from the Sea," "Insolence Abroad," and uh, "Wreck and Recognition." So it's it, they're funny little pirate stories with this interesting little character that is sort of a loser, um, done in a very simplistic way. But there's something about it that I really enjoyed. Uh, not only the humor in it, and and just sort of the the funny little you know adventures that he goes on, but they're obviously the the Joel Pretty obviously um, has interest in mythology because there's something sort of you know steeped in you know stories of Odysseus or um, uh, Sinbad. If you're uh, you know a fan of that to some degree, but with a lot more humor and and the hero really not being very capable of anything. Um, and then in in the back of the book, there's some some larger drawings of of sort of one shot scenes of, of of Tom getting into trouble and and doing different things. And it was just a fun, funny, and interesting little book. And for a free comic book, I thought it, it was definitely my favorite free comic book that I got uh, today. And 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 just a, a fun little book. So if you're looking for something different and interesting, and and uh, what I think struck me. The coolest about it was that it was an artist that obviously had talent or has talent, but he went for a very simple style and showed that you can effectively tell stories without having to be, you know, a major artist or you know extremely talented if you if you study the craft and and how to use it. So it was just a cool little book for me. Sequential art with basically semi-advanced stick figures. Yeah, I mean that's basically what they are. They're, they're like stylized stick figures. These little little, but they have emotion and they have and they tell the story and they do. There's energy really, in the past. Yeah, there's there's really. A, a, I, have, you know, I have a quick question. Did you actually say that a pirate and a storm, a, a typhoon, a typhoon and a had, had, had a relation? <laughs> yes, and had a. That's child. how the that's how the story opens. A typhoon. Um, a typhoon. It was his, his his father was a scurvy sailor who learned to bottle the aurora borealis. Under its influence, he fell in love with the typhoon, and and little Tom was born and then left on a sandbar. I think I can <clears throat> safely say that 
drugs were involved in the creation of this comic. <laughs> well, that that maybe no the one case. comes up with that concept straight. Well, I can say for drugs say or liquor or that both were involved in the reading of this comic. I don't think so. Jägermeister necessarily, but definitely a uh, hard I, I, liquor. Of one, of my, one of my favorite little stories is sort of the introduction of Tom and and how he learned to uh, to survive. At first, he was he was um, eating horseshoe crabs and and uh, seaweed and barnacles. And then he was picked up by this this little uh, uh, boat of pirates, and they taught you know they they he learned how to speak by listening to the sailors, and it was all R and avast and and stuff like that. So it, it's just a funny little you know quirky book, but it it was really an entertaining read. That sounds fun. Uh, I'm going to review a little known book today. You guys know me from my past reviews. I like to stay off the beaten path and such uh, a and, mainstream horror. Talk about Marvel Zombie. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about Civil War today. It's uh, I, what, I, what was the name of the book? Civil War. Civil War. Civil War. Hey, I talked. I've about, heard I, of this I, book somewhere. I talked about all sorts of stuff that aren't mainstream. Sure. Uh, not going to get real in depth with it because I'm, I'm sure that most everyone out there has picked it up and read it. But Civil War did come out this past Wednesday. I've been looking forward to it. The build-up to it has been good, in my opinion, and it uh, hit shelves to an overwhelming success this week. I really enjoyed it. I thought uh, that Miller has constructed a very good story, obviously, with half of Marvel Studios looking over his shoulder. It's, it is very much a team effort, but Mark Miller is, is the person getting credited as penning this. Uh, Steve McNiven's art, I think, is top-notch for McNiven. There are people that love his art. There are people that don't like his art. And I'll say that you know, his, his characters look like mannequins. But um, I, I thought it was very good, especially there is a, a fight scene with Cap and you know a huge troop of, uh, of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents on, on the helicarrier. That was probably you know, four pages of just the best fight scene I've seen in a long time. Um, pick it up. You know, I can go on and on about this book, about, you know, the different issues of hero registration and civil liberties and, you know, what we think we have a right to in the way of security and how, how the government should take care of us and what happens when the government actually tries to step in and protect us, what can happen with that. This, this series is going to open up a huge amount of debate and discussion and conversation that I haven't seen in the comics industry maybe ever. I mean, people, every, every forum out there has a thread right now that is probably called Whose Side Are You On? And it's, it is a big, big event in comics, and it's going to transcend that in, in a lot of ways, which we're already seeing with some of the media coverage. So you know, I really enjoyed Civil War. I hope that, uh, that people that are scared away by you know, big events or mainstream comics can look past that and see this as, as a very good, solid piece of work. And I think that Marvel has finally tied together a lot of the loose continuity threads that they've built up in the last two years, and Civil War is going to bring that stuff together. I think that, that this is going to be a real you know, before and after event for them as a, as a company. So pick up Civil War if you uh, if you haven't already. I really enjoyed it. I, I have to agree. I, I really like the book a lot. Yeah, I was I, I was thought the art was great too. Uh, it, to me it, it actually lived up to all the hype that was coming up. Yeah. You know and For once. and and really, you know, I I I got hooked into this, you know, Probably um, two months ago, when they uh, the the uh, 
Spider-Man stories that were going on, and, and that really got me interested into it, and, and just all the hype building up to it and everything, it was really, you know, kind of excited for this book, which has been a long time that I've been, you know, that excited about an event. Well, do you, but do you feel that, that Marvel is using this to tie their continuity together finally after, after, you know, you know, what, a year and a half of trying to fix books and set those books, you know, up for success, which led to some erroneous continuity? Well, I, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily their main goal in it. No, I think, but, but I think a, that, a, that a, they've gotten event. to a point where they can do that now, where they can release an event that it, it is very well, you know, scripted out throughout the entire universe so that you, you're you not, you know, you're not losing anything when you're trying to tell this big story and everything's out of, you know, out of control. Um, so I don't know if it's necessarily that, that their goal to do that, no, with, I, but, I, I, but I think that they've set themselves up for the position that they can do with that. Well, I'm going to put myself forward as usual as the curmudgeon here and say We don't want to hear uh, that. <laughs> this is a beautiful looking book. It is a very beautiful looking book. And what Marvel's trying to do, I think, is an, it's an interesting idea. Um, my take on this, though, is that I think you guys are giving the writing on this first issue a big pass. I think it's kind of weak. But um, we can get Last into that. Up. Well, we can get into that more later on. I want to uh, talk about that. Can't talk bad about Mark Millar. I love this guy. I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what... Best you know, comic in comics, the I, Ultimates. I'm not sure what you want in a book as far as good writing. It it, it, it introduced all the main players, and it, it set up what, you know, this whole event is going to be about. It made you, you know, think about what side you would be on in this if this were to happen, and I don't know what else you want out of it. I'm not, well, I it's just what I want of it. I guess this is something that's not so ham-fisted. It's... it's very, you know, I'm not, they have a goal. They have a goal where they have to break everyone up into these two camps. That's mm-hmm. their goal. And the way they're getting to that goal, I think, is a little unsubtle. That could be a little more nuanced than the way that they chose. But, 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 but the subject someone gets pissed a, off in a poker game or something? But I think, yeah, I think, I think but that's, it's, that's it's a polarizing... It's a polarizing... break off. That's how it happens. It happens very abruptly and sometimes loudly. I mean, look at our country, and, and it's it's a it's a it's something that will polarize opinions on on this. You're either going to be on one side or the other, and the main players in any situation politically are going to be the ones that speak the, the quickest and loudest and get on a side the fastest. That's how politics work. You you don't you, you don't see politicians waiting to see what happens because they know that's going to catch up to them. People are either going to choose a side and stick with it, or they're not going to say anything. So, in a story that you're trying to tell about that situation, you're 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 going to have things happening very quickly, especially when it comes to this big of a, a political event. Well, I, I don't see how. I, I guess what, what I'm talking about with this is what I what I thought was a little ham-fisted with this is that, like I said, they obviously have a point. They obviously have to get to point B, where all the heroes are split. Okay. The, the setup for what they're calling in this book, you know, several times the straw that broke the camel's back, mm-hmm. the incident. And I don't know if you want to. Spoilers ahead, folks, because we're we, getting into this. We want to get into it? Yeah, let's okay. go. Um, oh, yeah. <clears throat> okay, what happened in the beginning, the straw that broke the camel's back, to me, yes, it's a tragedy, but part of superhero comics that we all buy. I, I don't. You're going to get into suspension of disbelief, right? Well, screw that. I, I don't care about. I don't care about suspension of disbelief. That's 
the stuff that happens in this book is stuff that happens in every comic book ever. No, no, and no. And they no, just no, choose. No, no, 900 children matter. getting blown up? Well, that doesn't happen in Collateral damage in a city. That's not the same thing as, as 900 innocent children well, being slaughtered yeah, in a, if, in a if you want to pick an event. It's not the same thing. That's fine. Are you I, talking I, about I like the Hulk, the Hulk running through Manhattan and destroying buildings and stuff? But anything like that, yes. That's obviously a lot of people are probably dying. They're just not showing that to us. But it's never, it's a never it's a been handful. brought to the forefront. Yeah, it's, well, a, sorry, it's no, a handful. It's not been this many children. That's what I'm saying. That's the biggest cue. Is that it's it's nine hundred, okay. and it's also the, it's also the situation of the country that they're at at this point, with with House of M and the entire mutant population disappearing, and that entire gigantic event that was leading up to this. I mean, it's always been leading up to this point, and this was something that there's. If you look at this, you know, realistically, if you look at something like that happening, look at Columbine, look at you know any event that that involves children in the, in America everyone's going to have an opinion and jump on it on one on one way or another Every, especially po- politically there's no way they couldn't there's no way you could not it was a school blows up and 900 kids are killed you're going to have immediate action there's no way you can let that go on and i, and I think i mean the, the main reason it, it happened was because these kids that were completely unprepared to take down these villains they thought they were they could definitely take these guys down no problem didn't think about what they were doing for ratings and everything else. You had someone uh, to blame. You had yeah, exactly. You had these these young stupid heroes that weren't trained to take care of this kind of situation, like the Avengers or, or it, other it, people it's, are. It's and a, that's the it's whole a parallel whole. of nine eleven. You know, pre nine eleven, were there terrorist attacks? Yes, not on oh, that sure. not on that scale, not in this country. But you look at Oklahoma; it was a terrorist attack, but not by you know foreign interest. Okay, so this stuff happened. So now we're talking about suspension of disbelief. But now you have a mega event that happens that the spotlight is shown on it from around the world, and people jump to action. You look at the Patriot Act. 900 sets of parents screaming about their dead kids. You don't think every politician on the planet is going to get involved. Every agency every is going to... Every news agency. Every, 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 exactly. It's going and to, something it's going that was biggest, already in motion. Well, I'm not saying... I'm not arguing with you that the event that they chose to put in this one issue is a horrific event. Yes, it is. My question is that it's arbitrary that suddenly now this is happening for the first time when it's always happened in the but past. how can you say it's arbitrary when... Well, it's arbitrary because that, you know, there's always been collateral damage. This has always been part of superhero except that incompetent people fight big villains and stuff happens. And I'm, I'm, I'm giving you the fact that, yes, this is special. This is a different, this is a huge tragedy. All I'm saying is that I don't know if, if all of a sudden we're supposed to buy in that, that after f- hundreds of issues and hundreds of, you know, years of people being heroes that all of a sudden people are freaking clubbing Johnny Storm in the head with a bottle of this. Yeah, but yeah, were you alive during 9-11? Uh, no, I was actually what? born yesterday. No, no, I mean, no, seriously. Me too? Yeah, it, um, in Chicago, in cities, in towns all around America, yeah, there were there were Muslims that were being, you know, drugged through the streets and beat up because... But that's not the same as someone who's been a hero for 40 years that you know is a hero, that has saved the earth. Comic book history is a lot shorter overall. I know that they're doing this. Things turn quickly when it comes to a situation where everyone is upset and they're looking for someone to blame. People know that Johnny Storm... Sal, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I was going to say, you know, people... 
are very fickle and they turn very quickly, especially when when everyone is angry about something and they're looking for someone to blame. Yes, Johnny Storm, everyone knows he saved the planet a hundred times, whatever. But at that moment in time, and that's what we're talking about here, this is one moment in time. It, you're not take, you, you can't take every story in the context of the Fantastic Four has been around for 50 years because you know what? Johnny Storm's 20 years old. Mm-hmm. He's not 50 years old. He hasn't been around for 50 years. He's Right now, he's perpetually 20, 21, 22, whatever, however old he may be. Years. He's only been doing this for a few years, so regardless of the history of comics, the history of that character in that time, in that context, is in the here and now, and that's when the story is told. So for people to all of a sudden turn on a character like that because, one, he's brash, young, arrogant, and is mouthing off to a group of people that are upset already... It's not that far of a step for someone to hit him over the head with a bottle. It, it, to well, me, it doesn't seem like a, yeah, a he's, big... he's embodying the, the, what everybody hates right now about right. He's I mean, about heroes. He's so, just young, brash, And it wasn't overnight. Stupid. It wasn't overnight either because you, the whole House of M situation was leading up to it. I mean, it, it was... It, and that's what you have to take in, into perspective is that this isn't a 22-page comic book that's told in the five minutes that you spent reading it. It's... You know, the last three months of comics that, in the time in that in that timeline, that comic book covered probably two months. Sure. I mean, you had the deaths, you had the rescue operation, you had the funerals, the protests, and and then you know that was happening. Yeah. So I mean, you're talking about three months of people being upset because there are 900 kids killed. Things build up. Well, maybe looking let's for let, someone let's to blame. Let Matt say his piece. Uh, like I said, I guess. I understand. I know what Mil- I know what Miller wants to do. I know where he wants to go. Mm-hmm. I think that this is just a little too easy of a way to have this happen. I haven't been reading the Marvel really that much the last few months, so I don't know all these things. Like you know, saying, "Oh, this is built off of this, and this is building off of that." You know, this is it. I'm coming in on the ground floor with this after not reading stuff for a while. And my only complaint, like I said, it just seems a little to, um, you know, black and white, this happens, then this happens, and this happens, and now we're in the big event. Well, that, you set that up with black and white in the first issue, and then you spend the rest of the series and the rest of the tie-ins figuring out Well, that's what, why I'm what, talking about this one issue that I had a problem you with. Don't, don't judge know. the whole series on the first issue. I didn't. But, but even the, the first issue, issue, it starts off with right after the catastrophe, they're cleaning up, and there's the funeral. I mean, they, the time passes in the comic. I mean, it, it, it does, but what I'm saying... Would you would rather have four issues, you know, getting to the point of... No, what I'd rather have is... I, I, I don't... I'd rather have something that I hadn't felt like I'd seen before. The scene with, like, the... But that's the whole the, point. The scene with the mother, like, oh, you suck, blah, blah, I feel like I've seen that in movies they and other TV shows. They had to put a face to but, the parents' yeah, despair. The parent. I agree, but I just feel like I've seen that before. It seemed too easy to me. I haven't yeah, seen it in the comic, not like this yet. I've well, seen it in the news. Maybe not, but I've seen it before. Yeah, and I think that's the whole point, is that it they're is, trying to talk about real-world last, The last scene, I think that this definitely is something that they would talk about, and that they, it would be a plan they need to, to deal with. But it just, again, for me, I think this is going, it's going and happening too fast at a, at a way that's so fast that I didn't believe it. Happening. The last, the last sequence. I'm a, I'm a huge Cap fan. I love Captain America. I love the art in this book. I love seeing Captain America kick ass. But what happens to him in the Shield helicarrier? I found so unbelievable. No, I, I, I <laughs> didn't because I didn't because that. Shield wanted to get him on their side. But if he wasn't going to be on their side, no, they can't oh, have this man on the outside speaking against them because he's Captain they, America. Yeah, they they so Captain America. Okay. Uh, Here's the thing. You're going to join us. Okay, no. All right, well, let's kill him. 
Uh, yeah, I think no, they're going exactly to they stop him. Yeah, they, 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 I, had, I they didn't find that him. realistic. Well, you so can't have guys, Captain America as you guys did, out there outspoken against the government itself. This is the last guy you want speaking against you. Because everybody's going to rally behind this Yeah, well, guy. now, I mean, they've obviously, in, in such a way, forced the hand that he has no other choice. Yeah, but you can't remember, he's never been a government lackey. He never yeah, has well, been. When he became the captain, it was because he had issues with the government at the time. True, he I don't stepped away from it. I don't think he should go along with them. I'm and, just saying that. And once again, you're not talking about Nick Fury doing this, a guy who's been doing it for about 30 years. Hill, you're talking about, yeah, Agent Hill, who's, who's a newly appointed director again, that's of not, S.H.I.E.L.D., that's who's that's arrogant, not, young, looking to prove a point, looking to get, you know, her ideas and thoughts, you know, done in this operation. Yeah, she does. I, I think it was it was all arrogance. It was all arrogance on their on her part, thinking that Cap would just go along and with it. And we know our government or military would never be arrogant. Never. So that, that's a no, stretch. Don't say it. No, we, Chris and well, I we are arguing about would have taken care of it differently. Arguing about this before that I, see, I didn't know, I didn't know who this person is. I didn't well, know Read, read comics. Well, like blame on continuity. She, she's been, in, this is, she, dude, she's been in Marvel Comics. You want continuity in comics. She's been in. This is a big event. This is a yeah, huge event. Since, I guess they, uh, yeah, I guess there was a whole road to civil war. No. All the road to civil war issues leading up into it. That, I mean, you, I, I you don't. You can't have this both ways where the media is saying, "Oh, here's a no, great issue." Comic, f- comic fans can't have it both ways where you can't. You want continuity. You want things to make sense. You want character development, but you all you want it in one no, issue. Two panels tell me who this person is. Is not. It wasn't just it, it was been used it was for the last five issues of Spider-Man, Secret War. Uh, she's been in tons of comics issues. in Marvel she's in the Marvel in. Universe. She's been in their best-selling book. Oh, oh, fan, fan right, right here. Come on, Rogers. Cut the crap. We're never going to be tight like you and Nick Fury. But I am still the acting head of Shield. There Respect you the badge. You know right. Else. Well, that tells me that she's the acting head. She's, she's, she's and then they don't get along. Nick, she's not Nick Fury. She and the heroes don't have a good relationship, and she is the acting head of Shield. There, they said it. Well, I'll, I'll still say that I find that I just found that's it. A, that's a darn good <laughs> piece of dialogue. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so I mean, honestly, you, know, you, you guys. Know, all right, you know. we'll, we'll, we'll give everyone a little, a uh, little bit of a uh, tease here. Uh, tune in on Wednesday. We're going to uh, uh, right after we finish this episode. We're going to sit around. We're going to talk about Civil War, but probably not the book as much as the issues of Civil War. So we'll get I'm against through. slavery, by the way. Yeah. Well, that's something. <laughs> so, guys. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for the top of the, wow, that was probably our longest top of the stack ever. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's move on to some announcements. Um, Sal, uh, what's going on with the website these days? I don't, it's there. No, um, I, I, not a whole lot new with the website right now. The, you know, the forums churning away the, uh, uh, you know, new, new stories every, you know, day, um, daily we're putting up new news stories. You can, uh, we have the submit you know, section where if you want to submit, uh, you know, if Matt wants to write down all his complaints about Civil War and put it up as, as an right. article, go ahead, man, do it. Put it up there. We'll uh, all randomly attack it. Uh, this is just me saying I liked it, sort of, but it wasn't that good. I can't imagine something Well, actually, Matt's going to start doing manga reviews real soon, so look for those. Um, uh, what else do we have on the site now? We have uh, Easter eggs, uh, so look around. for you got to look for them. Sorry, I'm not going to make it that easy on y'all. Um... And that, you know, same old stuff. Slowly just, uh, but surely becoming the best site ever. Wow. Nice wow. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just uh, check it out and and get involved with uh, us. Send us emails. Send us, uh, you know, go on the forum and, and talk with all of us and and let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what you're reading. Let us know, you know, what you hate or love or whatever. 
All right. Uh, my announcements, real quick. Uh, first of all, if you like the show, and we sincerely hope that you do, please drop by the iTunes Music Store and write a quick review for us. We would really appreciate that. Um, my next announcement is uh, Around Comics and Dark Tower are pleased to announce that Mike Oliveri and Joe Bucco, the creators of Werewolves Call of the Wild, will be in store and in studio on Friday, June 30th for a book signing and guest appearance on Around Comics. Uh, please check out their book at cotwcomic.com and listen to Around Comics for more information on the appearance as details become available. Uh, another note, Around Comics is recorded every Friday from 7 to 9 at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles in Chicago. If you are in the Chicago area, please come by and uh, see some true unprofessionals at work. Uh, I would like to thank the forum today. Um, we, oh, hold on. I'd like to thank the forum members today for uh, uh, sending in comments and emails. We appreciate that. I would like to thank the panel. You guys did a great job today. Uh, that will wrap up another episode of Around Comics. Uh, have a fantastic week, and uh, we will talk to you again uh, next Monday. In the meantime, we will be everywhere in and around comics. If you would like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com, or visit the Contact Us section of our website. For that, and the latest in comics news and opinions, go to www.aroundcomics.com. Music for this show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next week, where the panel will change, but our mission stays the same, bringing you the best in discussion, news, and reviews in and around comics.